This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we try to discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports, especially when there are 50 million sports going on at the same time. I am Michael Dwojek here with the record North Shore funding members, Joe Coglin and Martin Carlino. We got a lot of sports to talk to you guys about, a lot of playoff action happening here, um, sectional championships happening, regional championships happening everywhere. So, we're going to try to get everything uh, that happened over the past week, uh, make sure everyone gets their uh, proper recognition, some good storylines to talk about in this week's podcast. Um, so we're going to do our regular four-quarter format. In the first quarter, we're going to try to recap everything that happened since the last time we talked to you guys. Um, in the second quarter, we are going to hear from new Trier baseball coach Mike Napoleon. In the third quarter, quarter, we are playing way or no way, our weekly guessing game. Um, maybe we'll even look back at what Joe and Marty said last week just to see how well they did. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, we will preview everything else that is happening. Still a lot of sports going on, so we'll get you guys all prepped for another crazy week of fun postseason high school sports. But uh, before we do that, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Apple, iTunes, wherever uh, we are, uh, wherever you can listen to podcasts, that's where we are. Just give us a nice little note if you can, if you always like listening to the podcast, and make sure to spread the news when you're at these games to talk about how great our analysis is or how big of clowns we are. Whichever one, whatever works, just whatever makes up people listen, we'll get you uh, uh, guys uh, out there. But we got a lot to talk about, so why don't we just start in line and uh, start with baseball, where... Uh, both Loyola and Nutria started their playoff uh, runs with wins. Nutria beat Lincoln Park 20-4 to and Loyola beat Leiden 13-2. Uh, to And then we had Nutria taking on Maine South for the third time this season and probably the third time, I think, in a couple weeks uh, for a regional final. I know uh, Marty um, and Joe, you guys are out covering baseball and you guys are there to watch both Loyola and Nutria play um, for their respective um, regional championships. So why don't we start with Nutrier, who uh, took down Maine South 7-3. to What did we see in that matchup, and um, how much of a surprise was it? Um, obviously 7-3, to just to see a complete outing um, and a complete game, both offensively and pitching-wise, for uh, the Trevians. Yeah, I think Nutrier looked like a very solid, as you just put it, you put it very well, solidly you know, composed team. Um, they looked ready for a playoff run. Um, very steady at the plate, good at bats almost throughout the game. And on the mound, Dylan Huang uh, pitched really well. You know, early in the game, um, he was getting knocked around a little bit. Maine South scored the first two runs, um, and um, they hit the ball hard. And, you know, he really settled in um, and started kind of mixing in. He said he wasn't, you know, after the game, he told me he wasn't uh, getting his curve over a little bit. And then he started to spot his fastball and was able to work off that. And once he did that, he just kept him off balance and a lot of rollovers and um, letting the defense work behind him. And uh, the big hit by Ryan Casel in the bottom of the fourth was was really the separator in my mind. That really kind of gave Nutrier the lead in the game, but I also think in the mindset, and they, and they kind of pushed from there. Um, two out, uh, you know, two two ducks in the pond, second and third, two outs, uh, big hitter Alex Calerico up and. It didn't look like Maine South coach hesitated to put him on first. Can't really blame him. Um, Northwestern commit and the best hitter in the area. And then uh, Ryan Casel, even though he's seen it before, said he took it a little personally, maybe a little disrespect, and ripped a single in the left field scoring two to give them a 4-2 lead. They tacked on a few more in the sixth. Uh, home run by big sophomore. I shouldn't say big. He's not that big. But uh, big home run by sophomore uh, Brendan um, Stressler. Stress, they call him, and uh, – was really cool to see, um, but really they 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 just held, looked in control. They look like they're ready and kind of echoed that after the game that they feel like they're playing close to their best ball right now. And 
um, have things lined up for a nice run. And um, it's just a good team. Uh, it was a battle with two teams. They were happy to get the win against Maine South, who, who knocked them, got them twice, came back once from a 9-0 deficit. Maine South did to beat them um, like 10-9. So pretty cool stuff. They're very happy with it. And they'll move on to the sectional round. All right, and we'll talk more about that sectional round in the fourth quarter. Belong to me. Well, why don't we move over to Loyola, where Marty was out there watching them uh, compete against the Wildcats for a regional final, where um, a big inning uh, helped Evanston take care of misses against the Ramblers, beating them eleven to nothing. Yeah, the big inning was definitely a factor, as you mentioned there, Michael. But I think the game's main story was the pitching performance from Evanston's Hank List, who was just absolutely dominant and the as we've talked about so often and so many times prior on this podcast with the baseball playoffs you know sometimes that's all it takes is you run into a good you run into a good arm who has uh his best stuff working and has uh, things going for him on the mound and you're in big trouble and that's what happened with Loyola on Monday afternoon they ran into list and he was on the top of his game and um in my story I wrote that for through the first two innings of the game it really looked like uh, we were going to be in store for a pitcher's duel. Uh, I believe of the first 12 outs, nine of them were strikeouts. Uh, Roger Simon, Loyola's starter, struck out five of the first six batters he faced. Um, and then Evanston finally broke through with two runs in uh, the bottom of the third inning, thanks to uh, a few, uh, I believe, four walks in that inning um, helped them get on the get on the board. And then the fourth inning was – the bottom of the fourth inning was really the killer for the Ramblers – Evanston scored nine in that inning and uh, essentially ended the game right there, putting it, putting it out of total reach. And uh, list came back on the mound for the top of the fifth and pitched the first two thirds of an inning. I'm guessing that was related to something with uh, pitch count or eligibility uh, for his ability to, to pitch here as Evanston moves forward. But then a relief pitcher came in and finished off the combined no hitter in the game ended 11 nothing after five innings of the, uh, the mercy rule there in the playoffs. So tough afternoon for the Ramblers, definitely not a, a score that's indicative of, of how good a team that is and how well they played this year. They just ran into a, a little bit of a better team playing their best ball on that day and they got the best of them. So um, coach Chris Ackles after the game gave full credit to Liss and Evanston. They played a really clean game on the mound. I mean, Liss was, Liss was cooking probably a, a low 80s fastball, a nice breaker, a good changeup. He really kept the Ramblers off speed all afternoon. And uh, there was there was some hard contact, but not a whole lot. I think it was pretty well-deserved that they did not have a hit because he was on top of his game. Obviously, like we talked about, a lot of uh, uncertainty comes when it comes to baseball, like you mentioned, a hot pitcher and that kind of stuff. And um, that's kind of what happened against uh, Loyola, who uh, started their playoffs in softball. Uh, taking down Niles North 10 to nothing. But then, uh, Joe, I know you were there for that game. And we talked about this a little bit last week where um, Niles West might have been a little underranked. Uh, double C taking on uh, Loyola in the regional championship where um, the Wolves took care of business against Loyola and a big upset in the regional final to win 6-4 where um, it seems like uh, Niles West had strong pitching and um, kind of took care of business against Loyola in a game that may be uh, – um, I, I won't say shouldn't have happened, but uh, maybe uh, Niles West wasn't uh, as ranked as they should have been. Yeah, I'd love to know um, some of the uh, the reasons behind them being ranked seventh in that sectional. Um, you know, they were the CCL champs, um, CCL South champions. And I know CCL was a little down, CCL, CSL, sorry about that, um, down a little bit this year, but they won the division. Um, they had 15, 16 wins. Um, they're, they're a good team. They had a better record than Loyola and Loyola's maybe their strength schedule is a little more difficult, but I think they were pretty evenly matched. If you ask me two powerhouses on the mound, Niles West, Kira Hoffman is extremely good. She's a senior pitcher for them. Um, but really they both did have to play two on the mound. They struck out, I, I believe 12 and 13 respectively, Mackenzie Berry for Loyola and Hoffman for Niles West. Um, but it was at the dish, um, you know, they both got their hits, you know, leaving a few balls over. The wind was blowing out as well. Um, so some runs were scored for sure. But um, the just that loyal, that Niles West team is really a, a good team that, that can win uh, another game and, and maybe compete in the section championship. They're that good. So uh, I do feel like they were underseated. Um, but the fourth inning was really cool. Uh, actually, it was the third. I'm sorry. You know, Loyola down um, 4 nothing. Um, with two outs, 
Um, KK Ramming gets a single up the middle and then Homer, Homer, Homer. I've never seen three back to back to back homers and covering baseball, softball for 15 years, at least over the fence ones. Um, yeah. And they were, they were launch no angle top. revolution. What's that? Launch angle revolution. It definitely was. <laughs> and they were all sent to left center. Um, pretty good hang time in each of them. So you might be right in, in that regard, Marty. Um, and the wind carried them, but I don't, I don't know if they needed the wind. Um, it started with uh, Kelly Corcoran and then Mackenzie Berry, the pitcher we talked about, really got a hold of hers. And Morgan Van Horn, um, who was another junior, um, got a hold of hers too. But, uh, you know, she – it was a two-strike pitch. So, uh, some pretty great hitting by her. Maybe she got a mistake, but she took care of business to tie um, tie it up. But then, you know, they came right back and the uh, – uh, Niles West came right back and, and Kira Hoffman hit the game-winning uh, three-run jack in the top of the seventh, I believe. Yeah. Um, to, to do a man in Loyola, couldn't get anything going in their bottom half to try to save the season. Really good season for Loyola. Um, six seniors on that squad, KK Raymond, uh, the center field leadoff hitter hit over 600 for the year. She's going to play at St. Thomas. Um, she's really good. Uh, but you know, Barry, the pitcher and Van Horn, the other slugger, um, third baseman, uh, we'll be back next year. So, uh, pretty good team. Um, just uh, didn't have enough against a really good Niles West team. Definitely. And then for a uh, new career ending its season against uh, Taft with 11 and nothing loss, um, tough lo- a way to end the season, but a lot of progress hopefully being made just uh, with the new coach and that kind of stuff uh, as uh, they continue to build uh, the program back up. But why don't we move over now to girls soccer where um, we had kind of what uh, we expected to happen. Um, where we had all the top seeds in the Loyola Nutrier sectional. Um, moving on with uh, Nutrier beating Maine East six to nothing and Maine West three to nothing to win a regional championship, and uh, Loyola beating Lincoln Park eight nothing and then GBS one nothing to win uh, a regional championship for the Ramblers. And um, both teams played Tuesday night, and uh, let's start with Nutrier who uh, took on GBN. Um, where those two teams had been battling the entire conference slate this entire year. And um, it came down to one goal and uh, Nutrier was able to take care of business against GBN and move on to a sectional championship game on Friday. But um, guys, um, as you can see, obviously six, three, one things getting tighter each round, but um, Nutrier really being able to put it, put GBN away and the team that uh, was really giving them headaches uh, the entire conference season. Yeah, I think the Trevians are built for this. Um, I mean, if you were to ask Coach Burnside, I'm sure he'd say something like, "This is where, um, this is where they prove their metal, especially on the defensive end of things." You know, they they work um, off their set pieces um, with Morgan Fagan specifically um, as the the deliverer of those, and and hope to score early, and then they just settle in and they stop you. It's a, you can't score on Nutrient in the postseason. I wish I had stats in front of me from the past six, seven years. I bet it's only a couple goals in all those postseason runs. Um, so they did what they do. And um, we talked about it last weekend previously. This was always going to – the final four of this sectional um, is basically a state tournament, if you ask me. And I know there's also Libertysville and Stevenson playing in one up north. But um, those top four, Nutrier, GBN, Evanston, and Loyola were – pretty equal beat each other a little bit every every game they played a tie or a one goal game um and now it's playoff time and, and Nutria moved on and they'll they will play um Evanston after uh the Wildcats took care of business against Loyola Tuesday night in their uh sectional semifinal game where uh Joe I know you were there and uh penalty kick uh really was the difference in the game um, after the, after that, the Wildcats took an early lead um, in the first half and then uh, just limited what Loyola was able to do for the rest of the game to make it a one nothing shutout. Yeah, I hate to watch soccer games happen like that. And it's not necessarily anything against the game, but, you know, a penalty kick is the deciding factor. Otherwise, you got two even teams battling to a stalemate um, and somebody gets a free kick with no obstruction from 12 yards away. Uh, you know, they score a goal. And, and that's, that's the game. It just doesn't feel equal to me, um, even though it's a big part of the game. So tough to watch. And I know it was tough for Loyola to, you know, have chances just miss. Um, 
you know, at the end of the first half, they had one. I, I thought it either banged off the post or the goalie caught it right on the end line near the post. And in the second half, in the last 20 minutes, they had a couple, one specifically that was rolling around on the goal line um, that they couldn't touch into the net. Um, you know, credit the Wildkids defense for clearing that one and clearing a ton of others. Um, they had another one header just over. Um, another free one with the goalie pulled out that they went wide on. It was tough. Um, it was definitely tough to, to watch uh, because I think they were pressuring so much. And obviously, Evanson came back. That leaves you vulnerable to counterattacks. But um, it felt like they were going to score, and I'm sure Loyola thought they were. But they didn't. 1-0 held. Um, and I think that's, you know, when you got evenly matched teams, sometimes the, the way the ball bounces, the luck of the draw um, or, the, or a penalty here or there, that's going to be it. And that's, that was definitely it. You know, things to note about Loyola is uh, they only had one senior on the roster. And that senior didn't play most of the year uh, because of an injury. So this is a, this is a team that went 17 and two. Now this was their second loss with two, two ties as well. Uh, I mean, they're going to, they're going to be really good um, for a couple of years here at least and building another program. That's, or I should say sustaining a program. That's, that's one of the best in the area. Sad that it had to end like that. Yeah, definitely. Especially for a program like that, but uh, good to watch that they're making progress and hopefully that uh, experience this year will lead to success next year. We also had a Regina uh, making some noise in its uh, sectional um, over this past week. They, they took down uh, Cristo race uh, St. Martin uh, five to three and double overtime to move on. And then they took down uh, Marion in a one nothing match and they will play on Friday um, against uh, Richmond's uh, burden. Uh, to compete for a sectional championship. So we'll have two local sectional championships taking place uh, in girls' soccer here. So uh, something to look forward to and something we will preview in the fourth quarter. But still the first quarter, we still got a lot of sports to talk about. We had boys' volleyball also also starting their postseason run um, where we kind of had an upset happening with uh, Nutrier who uh, lost to Hersey in their first uh, round game losing 19 after they took the first set, uh, 25 to 19. They dropped a tight second set, 25-23, and then lost the third set, 25-21 to end the game. Where, um, how surprised were you guys by this loss by Nutria, where um, I think we expected them to go at least a little bit farther, um, at least past the first round? Yeah, pretty surprised. It's been a bit of a weird year with them, though, the way they started out um, with some COVID-related issues and being on quarantine and then – having to come back real quick. And I think they started out 0-4 and, and then, you know, won a bunch of half a dozen or so in a row. So a bit of a strange year and a, a strange finish to that strange year. So um, I, I, that was one result that came across and I was a little surprised by it. Yeah, me too. And when you have a small staff like we do, we can only get to, to, to so many games in one night. So this was one we actually said, well, we'll catch up with them in the regional final. Um, so sorry to the Trevians for missing them um, in their season ender, but, I said it last week incorrectly. Uh, I thought they were probably the second best team in the area right now behind GBN. And um, I think they just ran a new, you know, a motivated Hersey team that took them out. It happens. Loyola started off its postseason run by taking care of business against Maine East 25-15, 25-17. Uh, strong wins there. Not really a surprise, uh, right, guys? No. Um, Loyola is good. We've been saying it all year. Um and uh, they, they could make a run here. They've got a very solid, talented roster. Um, their whole lineup can play. So um, look for them to take a regional tomorrow night, Thursday, and uh, maybe maybe make some noise in sectional. Is there a chance somewhere down the road they could match up with GBN? Yes, I believe. Aren't they the one-two seeds? Yeah, so they would play for a sectional. Yeah. It'd be a fun one All right, right there. That one way away. Yeah, they would play next Tuesday if they make it that far. They got Maine South, who upset Niles North um, on Thursday. And then they would have either Maine West or GBS. Maine West making a run here um, in a big upset over Stevenson, a three and a 14 seed, Maine West with a, with a W. Be fun to see what they're able to do in the next matchup, and we'll talk about that. But uh, lacrosse has also started off the postseason in both Nutria and Loyola. Um, started uh, their uh, postseason runs pretty easily. Nutrier boys beat Latin 17-0. Loyola boys beat OPRF 15-4. Nutrier girls beat Regina 20-1. And then the Loyola girls beat 
uh, DePaul College Prep 19 to nothing. Um, I think we're, we've all got our eyes set on the, I mean, probably likely uh, sectional championship matchups between both the boys and the girls programs for Nutria and Loyola. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in the fourth quarter. But um, we also had, it keeps going, guys. Uh, we also had girls track and field competing for uh, sectional championships where Nutria finished second behind Prospect and Loyola finished third. Uh, for Nutria, a bunch of uh, state qualifiers. Bridget Voodoo won the 400 meters. Emma Brayband won the 800 meters. The 4x800 crew is moving on to state. Mev Kelly won shot put. Um, Sophie Guru finished second in the pole vault. And uh, Bridget Voodoo also finished, Vidus finished also second in the long jump. And then you had Loyola Academy Girls 4x400 team making the state uh, tournament. Uh, Shannon Joresh and McKenna Kadloff are both state bound in the 300 meter hurdles. Samantha Sofrant finished second in shot put and she qualifies. And Morgan Mackey won both the 3200 and the 1600 to qualify for the state meet as well. Um, any surprises there, guys, or do they kind of make sense just based on what we talked about the last couple of weeks about the depth that both teams have here? Yeah, I wouldn't say surprised. I think we were we talked about how they were going to push a lot through. I think maybe Loyola, I think they're um, – last time we covered them, they're still kind of figuring out their meat lineup, and it was late in the season. But they did win their conference, and they do have those – unbelievable distance runner um, led by their freshman uh, Morgan Melke, who's, who's, who's going to be in contention for a state title, but um, you know, getting a couple hurdles, people's across and a couple field events. I think that was a bit of a surprise, but Nutria are doing th their experience as Marty keeps saying um, every episode. And that's, that's going to lead to some postseason success. And it'll be really fun to see what they're able to do at state uh, this upcoming weekend the, for boys track, the state um, or the, sectional meet will be taking this plea this week but uh since we talked the Loyola Academy boys won the CCL conference title so congrats to them and to finish things off this round round up of everything that's going on with sports Nutrier surprise surprise won uh, a sectional title in boys tennis Nikita Fillin won the singles title while Colin Fox and John Rogers won the doubles against teammates Matthew Plunkett and Jay Wagg they all are going to be going to the state tournament along with Max uh, Bankstoon, um, who also qualified. Loyola finished sixth in that sectional. And guys, um, not really much of a surprise and uh, a team that can really make some noise uh, in, the, in the state tournament once they get started this weekend. Yeah, I think we'll all be pretty surprised if they're not hoisting the state championship at the end of that. So, um, you know, depth up and down that roster and they've got the – number one seeded doubles team, the number two seeded singles player. So um, be pretty surprised if they don't walk away as state champs. Yeah, they've got um, three second place finishes in a row. So I think that maybe a little bit of extra motivation, not that they might need it, but to uh, take home a team title. It'll be really interesting to see what they're able to do, and we will uh, check them out over the weekend. But that is everything that we have for you guys in the first quarter. I think we've hit on every single sport that's going on uh, there. So uh, just to sum up, congrats to everyone for all the championships and all the one games and tournaments. And um, let's move on over now to the second quarter, where we are joined by Nutria Baseball head coach or manager Mike Napoleon who uh, we caught up with after uh, New Trier's regional uh, title win um, against Maine South. Joe, I know you were uh, there to talk to him. So what are we going to hear from uh, Coach here? Well, Sanders stuff after a regional championship. Coach is pretty happy with his team um, after the win, you know, beating Maine South. Uh, just talking about how, you know, they're prepared for the postseason and um, efforts from some of his guys, including on the mound and at the plate. And, uh, Looking forward to moving on. All right, let's take a listen. That, uh, it's going to be a tight game, you know it, and you guys got that big run by Casel in the second. Yeah. Fourth, whatever fourth. it was. Yeah, fourth. Uh, but uh, they walked Calergo. How big is that for Casel to step up in that situation? Well, you know, we've been batting them behind Alex, kind of to protect Alex, um, because we know uh, Ryan's a good hitter. He's a veteran hitter, and he's, he's one of our leaders. And um, I just knew he was going to come through. Um, so... 
I was pretty confident that uh, that he was going to get a hit there. But that lead probably didn't feel too safe, uh, not just because it, it's the playoffs, but it, because it's made It never sense. does yeah. in high school baseball. Okay? <laughs> you never have enough runs in high school baseball. I've seen too many crazy things happen. But, I mean, you know, they got you twice. Uh, I, if I believe, that kind of took away your conference chances. Well, you know what? Um, I don't put a lot of stock in conference. Okay. I just don't. Um, if it happens, it happens. Um, we tried to build towards the end, and this is the reason why. Okay? This is the reason why. Regional championships, state championships mean something to us, and we're capable every year. So this team, going in right now, you want to be playing your best ball. How close are you to that? Do you feel like you're there? Well, Lane's, Lane's a definite, uh, you know, they're a good team. They up. Um, they have good pitching. Um, we have one of our better pitchers going against them, so we'll see. Who's that? Uh, Dalton Hastings. Is Lane winning? They I won. They did. They won. They beat Niles West 5 nothing. I think. Okay, a couple big hits in the sixth, I yeah, believe. Yeah, Stressler is the home run. Yeah, a little rocking. <laughs> is that yeah. his sophomore? Yeah. Yeah, he's had a great year for us. Um, he's only hitting like 280, but uh, he, he's done a great job for us um, in right field, doing a good job at the plate, um, getting good at bats. Now, obviously, that was big for this game. You wanted that padding, but hitting can be, you know, momentum building. Is that, is that going to be? It's a contagious thing. It's just a contagious thing. And, and um, ever since our, our win against Palatine on Monday, um, we've kind of uh, started, you know, building towards this. We were in a little bit of funk at the end of the year right and so the palatine game kind of took us out and and then it's come back win against stevenson on tuesday and you know i think we're i think we're kind of in a good place right now thanks so much mike for joining us and as always thanks to all the players and coaches for joining us every single week always good to get your guys's insight all right, it might not seem, you might seem surprised, but we're only halfway through this podcast. Let's give a quick thanks to our sponsor, the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. They have many locations in the Chicago area, so make sure you check them out. Move better and live better. All right, we are going to move over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly guessing game of uh, way or no way. Uh, that's where I give Joe and Marty propositions about what um is going to happen and what is not going to happen usually they end things well sometimes it doesn't but um do you guys want to know how you guys did last week or no it is with it. i think the one i remembered is i predicted uh neutral oil in the uh in the soccer sectional so i know i got that one wrong for sure <laughs> and i think we we're all wrong about the loyola uh, softball win there but um, other than that, you guys were pretty good there. But why don't we talk about what is going to happen this upcoming weekend? Let's start with you, Marty. Way or no way that the Nutria Boys tennis team doesn't win a state championship this weekend? Oh, doesn't win. So it's the old Nutria versus the field question again. Ah, <laughs> uh, Joe said it in the uh, first quarter when we talked over to three straight second place team finishes. So, you know, it definitely feels like this might be the year. Um, Love the what the overall roster is fe featuring. Ah, it's it's just tough when you pit the field against one school. But uh, I'm gonna say that there's no way that they don't. I think they're gonna be team state champs. Whew, um, just for some fun to argue with Marty, I'll say what <laughs> I feel that there's a chance. Um, and of course, it's the common nemesis there at State Hinsdale Central. Um, they've got two singles guys in the top eight and both doubles teams in the top five, just like Nutrier. So on paper, they seem uh, pretty evenly matched. So it's going to de depend on how the draws go, um, how many points they can earn if they lose, maybe on the back end. I think it's going to be a close one um, and come down to the end. But I'll say there's a, there's a way. There's a way that uh, Hinsdale Central um, wins the state title. All right. Way or no way, Joe, that Nutrier girls soccer doesn't make the final four. Ah, I'm going to say no way. They just step up in the postseason. So I believe they got the kits and I think they've seen them enough. Um, I trust Burnside uh, to put together a game plan. I'm thinking actually uh, maybe a two nil win. Oh, I know. Right. Oh, wow. A real, 
a real slobber knocker. Um, <laughs> um, I just think he might put together a good game plan and, and uh, take him out. Um, the kids look good, though. The kids are they're the two best teams in the area. I think they've proven it. Um, I think we might sneak a second goal across there. Um, and then I believe they got Libertyville or Stevenson, and Libertyville is the team that beat them this year. So maybe some I would I would think maybe some a chip on their shoulder get some revenge to go downstate. So um, I will say no way they don't wind up in the final four. And I got to uh, I got to volley this one back to Joe on uh, the move <laughs> he played in the previous answer. So I'm going away here. I think there's a there's a slip up in there. Whether it's the matchup following Evanston or Evanston this Friday, I think maybe there's going to be a little slip up in there and. Uh, Maybe I should say that this is more so the uh, for the sake of argument than logic, but uh, you know the kit the kits are coming into that game with a lot of confidence. I'm sure they've had New Trier twice this season already. They just they're just coming off the Loyola win, so uh, a big confidence momentum booster there. Um, so I'm sure they're they're coming in that that most recent matchup against New Trier was a draw, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I'm sure that's fresh in their minds. That's a, a little bit of a experience builder and momentum builder there too. So. I'm going to, I'm going to say way on this one and uh, go for the, uh, for the upset route here. All right, Marty way or no way that the Loyola boys volleyball team loses before a sectional match. Well, we just saw the Hersey upset over new Trier, So um, it's pretty, pretty clear that maybe the seating in this, uh, in the, in these volleyball brackets are a little wacky and a little um, not as predictive as they should be. But I'm going to go no way here. Uh, we all really like this Loyola team. We like what we've seen from them. A uh, lot of talent, a lot of height, a lot of size. So uh, I'm going to go no way, and I think it's, uh, it's full steam ahead for that, that possible showdown with GBN that we alluded to earlier. Oh, let's, let's agree on this one, Mart. I'm also going to say no way. I think the path is cleared um, of some roadblocks, and I think uh, they're a good team. They've played a lot of other good teams. I think they they're kind of battle tested uh, to be to be super cliche about it, and they're ready to go um, for these tough matchups that lie ahead and make a run here. Unfortunately, no matter what happens, we cannot get a Loyola Nutria Lacrosse State Title game, and we'll get more into that in the fourth quarter. Um, but way or no way um, that a uh, that both Nutria and Loyola, this is for both boys and girls. Way or no way that a Loyola Nutrier team will be shut out from the state title game this year? Repeat that question for us just one more time, Michael. Sorry. So way or no, uh, I can word it better. Way or no way that a Lo that there won't be a Loyola or Nutrier team in the state title game this year? Oh, this might be the easiest way, no way of all time. This is no way. One of them is making it for sure. I'd, <laughs> I'd, uh, I'll walk to the state championship game if one of them don't make it. I, <laughs> that's you have it on record done. now. <laughs> Easy, easiest no way I think of all time. I got to agree with them, man. I think uh, those are – they're one, two in both the boys' and girls' side. Um, I think, you know, no offense to other teams, and they're probably not listening anyway, but no offense to them. They're <laughs> – you know, they're not stacking up to these two teams. The state championships are Friday night. They're Friday night. Um, girls side over at Loyola, boys side in Northfield. And, and that's the state champion, if you ask me. All right. Final way or no way, Joe. Way or no way that Nutria Baseball wins a sectional title? Ooh. Well, so we're talking on Wednesday. Um, you guys are probably hearing this on Thursday or Friday, which means they already played Wednesday night against Lane Tech, who's the number one team in the sectional. I'm going to say no way. Sorry. I, I, I really like how they're playing, but Lane Tech does not allow any runs. And then they would have to face, I believe, maybe GBN if they make it there. Um, if I'm right, I, I can't remember now who's, who's the other um, two, three seats. But anyway, um, I just think baseball is such a tough game. I don't know how you say they win two more in a row. Without so a, I, a slip up, I'm going to say no way they don't make the sectional tailgate. So I, yeah, so they get Lane at tonight, the night we're recording this podcast, as Joe mentioned. Then it's either going to be Evanston or OPRF. Evanston or OPRF. So they are not matched up with GBN. It looks like 
that they are in different brackets. So that matchup would not come until later. Uh, yeah, I think tonight is going to be the tougher task, uh, honestly, than Friday. So, um, uh, you know, I wish we were answering this on Thursday morning because uh, obviously we didn't have a chance to cover Lane at all this season. You know, a Chicago public school there, a team uh, outside of our coverage area. But just looking at their schedule, I mean, it seems that they have a tremendous pitching staff and a tremendous defense with what they have done to teams really have limited uh, many of their opponents to very few runs. So, um, you know, if New is going to win this game tonight, it's probably going to have to be a low scoring affair, which it seems like they have the setup ready to go for that because according to, as first reported by Joe Coggin, Dalton Hastings will be on the bump for the Trevians tonight. So um, it's probably fair to say that he is their ace, if not their, you know, one, a one B type of a guy. So, um, they have who they want on the mound. That's, that's the setup. I'm sure they're, they're looking for there. They're coming into the game, playing their best baseball, the big win over main South, obviously, but it's going to be the, I think this game against lane is going to be a little, little bit of a problem. So I'm going to agree with Joe and say, no way here. Um, this lane team looks like it's going to be a really tough cookie to crack. All right, folks, there you have it. Everything you need to know heading into this uh, weekend's playoff matchup. So why don't we start that off by talking about what's happening next in the fourth quarter, um, all these postseason uh, actions going. So why don't we just go down the line kind of like we did in the first quarter and preview some games and um, tournaments. Why don't we start with boys tennis? We talked about this um, for the most part in the first and third quarter. Um, obviously, it seems like Kinsdale Central will be the biggest threat for New Trier, uh winning a state title. Um, this upcoming weekend, but um, you guys do expect at least for New Trier to trophy this weekend. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, I think they're, they're lined up for a one, two finish. And it's, I think it's going to come down to if those, those entries match up New Trier versus Hinsdale central um, who wins those entries. And those points are going to be huge. Uh, the difference between third place and fourth place is going to be huge. Every point's going to matter for, for the four entries for both those teams. And I think it's going to come down to the wire. We have uh, boys and girls track and field, girls track and field uh, taking place this weekend. Um, and then the boys sectional is taking place on June 10th. Just um, what are you guys expecting from um, our area teams, uh, both sectional wise and state wise, just being able to compete for a couple of trophies and obviously uh, for states trying to uh, medal with a couple some top top performances at the state meet. I think we can all pretty fairly agree upon that we expect at least a meddling on the Nutria girls side of things. Uh, we've talked about on previous episodes how deep that roster is and how there's some state level experience already there. So I think it's pretty fair to, to say that we have an expectation of at least a medal and um, potentially maybe even a state win there um, on the girls track and field side at Nutria. Yeah, with Loyola, I think um, we're probably expecting an all-state finish for, for their freshman, Morgan Mackey, um, and both distance events. And uh, I think probably um, an all-state finish for a couple of Nutrias like uh, Bridget B2 in the mid distance and the jumps um, and, and maybe made Kelly on the throws too. So I think at, at, at worst um, we're expecting some, some medals for individuals um, to finish their careers um, and uh, to start careers as the case with both Kelly and Mackie. So, uh, or Melky, I always say wrong, but um, there might be a, uh, a state championship in cross country and Morgan Mackey's future somewhere down the road here. Oh, so too. I think you're right. We have, um, all right, why don't we just start it off? We have uh, what we will potentially um, have as uh, state title matches, probably Nutrier boys lacrosse takes on Maine South on Wednesday. Loyola takes on Evanston on Wednesday. Girls lacrosse takes, uh, Nutrier takes on Evanston, and Loyola takes on Maine South, a little switcheroo there. Um, but um, do you guys expect anything other than a Loyola uh, Nutrier sectional title? And then what happens in those sectional state title games on Friday? To answer the first part of your question, in short, no. Um, the second part of your question, uh, we'll start off on the girls' side of the things. Girls' side of things, excuse me. And if I'm not mistaken, both matchups this season have gone Loyola's way. Um, so 
you know, they say third time's the charm. Uh, if you're new true, that's sort of the motto you're hoping for that you'll get them this third time. But I think on the girl side of things, I'm going to go that the Ramblers get them for the third time and the third time in a row and edge them. Um, I'll say like nine to eight. Yeah. I, you know, same, same thought with Marty, you know, I think once they get past these sectionals, whichever team might run into a little more difficult, there's the, you know, I think St. Vider's got a good team in Lake Forest, but um, in the sectional play, you, you know, those teams are going to match up and one's going to pop out. I think on the boys side, there's, there's something like a seven year curse of the team that wins the regular season, which was new Trier in OT on a golden goal loses in this, in the playoffs. So I'm a big believer in curses. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep it alive. Let's say Loyola pulls it off, um, you know, on the road um, to, to win the sectional. Did the boys only play once? I believe in the regular so. season. Yeah. So uh, on that side, and I say uh, pretty close to, I think it was nine, eight, actually, uh, when they played earlier, I think we'll say, we'll say a little less than that. I'll say, we'll say seven, six. Loyal. And I'm going to go 11, eight on the boys side. I'm going to go 11 to eight neutral. Take your Any thoughts on the IHSA doing seating or we have we done that to ad nauseum at this point? I think we have a special guest caller, Michael Woodahue. What are his thoughts well, on this one? It's just, you know, the, the short 60-second commentary. <laughs> it just seems so simple. I, if you have a state uh, final host, like a site that's going to take it, why not take all those sectional winners or super sectional winners and reseed them to who's the best? I don't know why it's that difficult. Um, in in the in the um, in this case, you'd want to go even before that round, which I think you should with so few teams anyway. I don't. It can't be. I know you want them to, you know, someone to come out of a geography, but why? Just because that's the way it's always been, and you do it in other sports, it doesn't make sense in certain sports. I you, you can't enjoy seeing um, two of the, the top two teams play in any sport before the state finals, even if it's in the quarterfinals or semis of state, at least it's there at the location to see them play in the sectionals. And then we get to the state finals and Nutria beats up on somebody 20 to six. Uh, what are we doing here? Um, we're obviously not doing the best to get the best teams involved, but um, I know there's other things at hand, but I just think it's possible. So why not give it a shot? Yeah, and it's not, I personally feel like it's not really fair to the kids because, like, when you look at the record books or whatever, you look at, like, oh, like, whoever loses on Friday predictably will be like, well, they only, like, made it to the sectional title game where realistically that team would probably be playing in, like, the second place game or something like Like, they would be finishing second and they don't have, like, a trophy for that or anything like that. So, yeah, I agree that makes no sense, but I don't know. Maybe one day someone will listen to this podcast and <laughs> listen to our complaints and try to decide, make a change in the world. But unfortunately, we're just going to have to let our listeners uh, listen to us rant on for the end of time. But all right, and that's what we'll be looking forward to for that matchup. For boys volleyball, Loyola takes on Maine South on Thursday night, and then they would potentially have GBS and Maine West um, starting things off in the next round. Um, we talked about this. We've, I mean, we've talked about Loyola for most of the season. Um, how confident are we in this Loyola team that they'll be able to take a regional championship and just cruise in the sectional? Pretty confident. I'd say like a eight or nine on the one to 10 confidence scale. Pretty confident. Yeah. Cruise is just hanging me up, Michael. I, I'm confident. <laughs> I think they can do it. Just cruising, you know, at, at this level, these teams, um, have played some games, you know, Maine West has beaten some big teams and now they're playing GBS. So GBS is going to have to step up. These teams are going to be ready to face a good Loyola team. They're not stepping into something they haven't seen before. Um, so I don't know about Cruz. I think, I think Loyola will do it. They'll win a regional and I think they will um, make it to a sectional title, but I don't know about cruising. All right. We talked a little bit about baseball earlier and we called, uh, heard from coach Naps as well. Loyal uh, Nutrier. Um, taking on Evanston tonight as we're talking about um, you guys previewed a little bit uh, I feel like you guys think it's going to be a little bit too hard for them uh, to uh, get past, past a tough uh, lane tech team though like we've talked about for much of this podcast those uh, it only takes one game or one pitching performance to uh, really change things up yeah there's also a good chance that it only takes one barrel from Anthony Col or from uh, Alex Calarco to change things up so uh, 
I really like their chances if they get by Lane because I think Evanston is a good team. There is a possibility that they run into Lit, to Hank Liss again um, if that game were to happen on Friday, if they were to get by tonight. But I think they could they could handle OPRF for Evanston. So tonight's the big test, as I had mentioned earlier. If they're able to get by Lane, I'd like their chances to, to move forward one more at least. So uh, I think tonight will be something like a 3-2 game. Uh, it, it's hard to say which way it'll go, but I think it'll be a very close game. Yeah, Lane's got um, a notorious staff. Um, they got some good arms. They've, they've shut out their first two opponents here. So I don't know who Nutria is going to face tonight. They might be facing an ace if you went in game one. I actually, I actually don't know. Um, but there's been enough days, I think, of rest. So are we going to see that? Or maybe, you know, Lane set it up specifically for this, uh, which wouldn't surprise me either, knowing that, you know, possible Nutria matchup was on the horizon. So um, I think they're going to run into a good arm. And like, like Marty said, they got to run into one. Um, somebody like Clerico is a good bet. Um, but it's going to be a tough one tonight. It's worth mentioning, and I, I'm sure the coaching staff will have them prepared for it, but it's tough when you have that hour, hour and a half long bus ride from the North Shore into the city. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of a wear on your mind, and it's, uh, it may not be the, the biggest factor of the game, but it's something to consider. So Nutrier's going on the road to, I believe, Lane plays at Kerry Wood Stadium in Chicago, so... Um, it might be, it might be faster. It's probably only 15 miles, um, but it might be faster for them to like take a team bike ride than to take a bus. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> that field is really nice too. Have you guys, I don't know if you guys yeah. ever been there, but it is a nice field. Definitely. Very nice. All right, and then we have uh, girls soccer to finish things off. New Trier taking on Evanston for the sectional title on Friday. And then if they were to win that game, they would take on the winner of Lincoln Sh- or uh, Stevenson and uh, Libertyville, where Libertyville, obviously a very strong team as well. They would play on Tuesday for the super sectional uh, title at GBN. But um, what do you guys think? Do you guys see Nutria being able to take care of Evanston in the sectional title? And then um, if they are able to do that, um, what do they have uh, going against either a strong Stevenson team or a very strong Libertyville team? I think Evanston's going to need some breaks to go their way. I think as Joe mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes a soccer game can change on the way the ball bounces or the way it deflects off something. So they'll probably need a few of those. And I know I'm backtracking a little bit of what I had mentioned in my comments earlier, but um, you know, that, that most recent one, one draw, I think is going to be a good motivating factor for them, but I probably still do like Nutria coming out on top of that game. I think the more challenging test would be the potential Libertyville matchup. And that's where I think maybe uh, would be their best chance for a little bit of an upset there. But I'm going to say 2-1 Nutria over Evanston. Yeah, I still like my 2-0 call. Um, I just feel like Nutria is ready and they're postseason ready specifically. Um, and uh, battle test against all these teams, but you know, a, a penalty kick or an infraction in the box early in the game could be the game. When you're the margin for error against when these teams are so talented and they're the best in the state, um, like we said from this area, is so small. Nutrier's has done an incredible job over the past half a decade, five, six, seven years at limiting or at really taking care of that margin for error and protecting it. Um, and that's because they have so much talent on their roster, of course. But This is probably obvious, obvious and goes without saying, but the formula for an Evanston win is probably score first. I think if they want to have a chance at the upset and have a chance of moving on, they have to score first. As Joe mentioned earlier, Nutrier known for its defense, known for its uh, systems in preventing goals, particularly in the playoffs. So if they get that first goal, um, pull out the soccer, the soccer uh, dictionary here and uh, they'll park the bus, so to speak, and um, push some of those midfielders back further, um, stay home uh, extra, a little bit extra longer on defense and really make it um, even more so tough for Evanston to score. So the formula for them to win involves scoring first and probably scoring in the first 20 minutes of the game. If they can do that, and I don't disagree with you, Marty, um, I really like Evanston's defensive wings. They were very good against Loyola in keeping them outside and um, you know, really stripping the ball frequently and keeping from Loyola to getting too much inside, especially in the first half. So I like them there. 
Um, what they really are going to have to do though, is win those set piece balls, whatever new Trier and their surgeon, as they like to call her Morgan Fabian is going to serve the ball into the middle of the field. They've got to clear it and they've got to prevent new Trier heads from getting to those balls. So that's going to be key for them. So if they win this matchup, what happens in the potential uh, super sectional matchup? Same thing. I think, I think we got two. I mean, I think Nutrier has a size advantage over Evanston, um, which is why they win a lot of set pieces from um, a lot of their, you know, midfielders and defenders been able to get to those balls. Libertyville a bit less so. So evens out a bit there. Um, but, you know, Libertyville's, I think I, I got to go to Chicagoland soccer, but I, they might be the top ranked team in the state just because they beat Nutrier. Um, and they're the two best, according to um, somebody who watches soccer all the time. So, um, <laughs> I think it's another small margin for error. It's going to be both these games are going to be uh, classics. They're going to be good. Yeah. Earlier in the season when they played, they scored twice on Nutria, which obviously is something that is very challenging to do and not, not easy to do. And not many teams are able to do it, but there's a chance that they might not even get there because they matched up against Stevenson earlier this year and Stevenson beat them one nil. So, um, you know, perhaps that's, uh, predictive of what the outcome might be when they match up again but this Libertyville team as Joe mentioned you know incredibly talented you look at what they did this year 15 and 1 overall the only loss of the season was that loss to Stevenson I'm sure that's in their mind that's probably some extra motivation for them Um, but you know the the wins that they have one nothing over Barrington 2-1 over Nutrier um, just, just some really, really strong wins. And, and it looks like they're playing their best soccer at the, the most important time of the year, obviously. So that'll be a showdown. That's probably whoever finds the back of the net first is going to be the winner. It'll be really interesting to see what happens and if that matchup ends up happening, but um, it should be for a lot of fun, especially starting on Friday in their matchup against Edmonton. All right, that is everything that we have uh, for you guys this week. Thanks for listening um, to this week's episode of the podcast. Um, always appreciate uh, the listens there. Um, a lot of sports to talk about, a lot of sports to uh, listen to and to watch as well. So make sure you guys are catching up with the record, NorthShore.org. For all the latest updates on what all the area teams are doing for these high-stake uh, matches, um, and make sure you guys are listening to next week's episode as well as we get you all cut up. But um, as always, thanks so much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out and give us a nice little review as well. Also, make sure to spread the word while you're out there cheering for the Treviant or Ramblers uh, this next week. Um, always appreciate to get uh, everyone's uh, word. And, uh, always or get Panthers or Raiders listens. we should throw in. <laughs> that is true. Also that too. Um, So for Joe, Marty, and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record NorthShore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom. The Varsity is presented by the Illinois Bone and Joint Institute with more than 150 fellowship-trained physicians in every orthopedic specialty and dozens of locations across Chicagoland and the suburbs. IBJI is your choice for patient-focused orthopedic care. To find the nearest location, visit IBJI.com.